No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Solomon offers burnt offerings, and the Lord appears to him, telling him to ask for anything he wants. What would you ask for? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl begins 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible. What if God appeared to you tonight and offered to give you anything that you want? What would you ask for? Does this sound like a genie coming out of Aladdin's lamp? But really, this happened to Solomon. And today we're going to see how he responded. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Now Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and exalted him exceedingly. And Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges and to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the father's houses. Solomon's strength, no doubt, was the fact that the Lord was with him and exalting him exceedingly. And this, of course, also was the way that he was able to then speak to all Israel. I will tell you from personal experience that when I know the Lord is with me, when I know that I have something that he wants me to say, that I'm speaking his word, I can overcome any fear of public speaking. Then Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for the tabernacle of meeting with God was there, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. But David had brought up the ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim to the place David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Now the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Now this high place was Gibeon. It was five miles north of Jerusalem. And the high places were notorious for being shrines where people would offer sacrifices to the pagan gods. And so as you go through um, Second Chronicles, we'll see this quite a bit where uh, there were high places and people were making offerings on the high places and usually it was frowned upon. However, in this particular situation, Gibeon was the place where the tabernacle was. It was separated from the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant had gone into the Philistines' territory when uh, Eli was a priest, way back during the days of Samuel, and then it got separated from the tabernacle, and it continued to be separated from the tabernacle. Well, David brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, but the tabernacle with the altar where people would offer their burnt offerings... That was in Gibeon. So that was where Solomon and all of the leaders went to offer sacrifices as an expression of worship. They offered a thousand burnt offerings. And of course, the burnt offerings were the offerings of consecration where the entire animal was given to God as an expression of worship. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, 
You've shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Now, I believe it's significant that it was here at the place where Solomon was worshiping the Lord that the Lord met him. That night, he had a dream and God spoke to him in a dream. And God would do this sometimes in the Old Testament, especially we see this, God speaking to people in dreams. Of course, in the New Testament, we're told that that in the last days, God will give dreams to old men. Your old men will dream dreams. So if I am getting older now, which I am, uh, hope, hopefully I start getting some dreams here pretty soon that are more than just the jalapenos on the pepperoni pizza that I ate, but truly, uh, you know, uh, something God has given to me. And that was uh, the kind of dream that God spoke to Solomon. Now, in this, he offers the ultimate gift, which is ask for whatever you want, Solomon. Now, how would you respond to that? What would you say if God who can give anything, said to you, what do you want? I will give you anything you ask for. How you answer that question reveals much about what is in your heart, what your life passion is, uh, what your big dreams are, what gets you up in the morning, what uh, you see your life purpose is. That's how you would respond to that question. And so it really tells a lot about what's in your heart. Now, What he said here was very important because he said, okay, here's the deal. I know that you have put me in the place of my father because you've shown great mercy to my father. And now you've answered him and you've fulfilled your promise, which was that you're going to put his son on the throne. And that's why I'm here. See, Solomon knew it wasn't because he was so great. It wasn't because of anything except God had made a promise to David and that Solomon was there by grace. But he also understood that he now had to be king over this great people. He said, they're like the dust of the earth in multitude, and I'm young. He was probably only 20 years old at the time. So he said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people for who can judge this great people of yours? And, you know, that was really a great request. But he realized that he needed God's help. And I think that's the key with whatever challenge you may face, whatever mountain you may face, whatever high mountain you may have to climb. The idea is to understand your need for God's help to do it. And the more you realize that, the more you're dependent upon the Lord for his wisdom and his help and his strength, uh, the better off you're going to be. So then the Lord said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the king's have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. And so you get the feeling here that God is just sort of saying, all right, that's exactly 
what I hope that you would ask for, not for riches or wealth or fame, but wisdom to care for my people, to be a shepherd over them, to rule them well. Because you know that was God's heart, to care for his people. And as he had made Solomon king, to have a king that would be seeking his heart, seeking his wisdom to be able to rule the people well. That's what God wanted. And and that really is the secret to success. The secret to success, both for time and eternity, is that our will becomes conformed to God's will. This was really made clear to me, a, a great lesson I never forgot. I was visiting somebody in prison one time. Now, they had made a lot of poor choices uh, in their life, but but he he told me, he said, look, he goes, now that I'm here in prison, my definition of success has changed. Success to me now is when my will comes into conformity with God's will. And I, and I never forgot that. It's, it's so true. It's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And that's what we see here. As Solomon was seeking wisdom to do the right thing to govern the people that God had placed under him. And as he asked for that, then God said, great, I will give you the wisdom you seek. You'll have wisdom like no other, but I'm also going to give you the things you didn't ask for. I will bless you uh, in ways that no one else would be blessed either before or after you. And you know, that's God's heart. You know, how much does God love you? How much do you think God loves you? I think sometimes we think that he's just stingy. uh, But the fact of the matter is that God loves us more than we can even imagine. And uh, if we will put him first, he desires to bless us with good things. Now, that doesn't mean it's always easy. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It simply means that God's heart toward us is one of love and one of blessing and giving to those whom he loves, to those who who trust in him. So Solomon came to Jerusalem from the high place that was at Gibeon and from before the tabernacle of meeting and reigned over Israel. Now in 1 Kings 3, we are told that he began in Jerusalem to offer offerings at that time there before the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, He never again, as far as we know, went to Gibeon because eventually then the tabernacle and the Ark would be all brought uh, in the temple there in Jerusalem that he was getting ready to build. Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. Also, the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedars as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowland. And Solomon had horses imported from Egypt and Kiva, The king's merchants bought them in Kiva at the current price. They also acquired and imported from Egypt a chariot for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. Thus, through their agents, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. Now, this tells us the testimony, really, that God was blessing Solomon with riches and honor, uh, but Solomon was taking this further than what God had said in his word. 
And the reason I say that is because in Deuteronomy 17, 16, as God was telling Moses that the people were going to ultimately ask for a king, they were going to reject God as their king and want to be like the other nations, that God said, okay, I will let them have a king, but here's what you're going to need to tell the king. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth and silver and gold for himself. Well, we see Solomon totally ignored this. I mean, he did all three things that he wasn't supposed to. He multiplied horses from Egypt. He even got a wife from Egypt, which was Pharaoh's daughter. And then, of course, he would multiply wives, end up having a thousand of them. And then he would accumulate large amounts of silver and gold uh, for himself. So, you know, here's the problem. There is that human nature to think that we are somehow the exception to the rule. And that our case is unique and somehow we can skirt around God's commandments. But whoever thinks this way is headed for a fall. If I could wish anything for you, it would simply be to help you see how much God loves you and to see that the wisest choice you can make is to let God choose for you. He will choose what is best. Seek his heart and trust his provision. Listen to his voice and do what he says, and watch how he will bless you. Only never let your heart stray from loving him and keeping his word. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next time, we'll see how Solomon wisely prepares to build the temple for the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.